I've discovered something in my walk with the Lord now. It's been uh, a long time. Oh, I don't know, maybe 40-some years. Uh, you fall in love with the Lord, and you, you start walking with God. And he teaches you about his peace and his grace and righteousness. And then sometimes all I can um, relate it to is this. I'm, if I'm walking on this plane down here, this level, and then I come to some steps, but I don't take the step up. I'm just kind of like standing here like this. And then it dawns on me that God wants to take me into another revelation of him. Okay, so that's what should be going on. Remember, we're changed from glory to glory to glory. So this is the step um, maybe some of you are aware of and have taken it. But church seems to evolve so much. I mean, we're like 30-plus years now, so a lot of the great saints that have come here are in glory, um, having the ultimate experience of the revelation of seeing the Lord. And so we here that are uh, remain are called uh, for a purpose, and we need to take more steps in God, higher revelations in God, so we become more powerful in the things of God. And so this is where we're at. Now the title of this morning's message is The Misunderstood God. Okay? The Misunderstood God. All right, here we go. John chapter 3, verse 3 says this. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So right off the bat, you're not going to get this. Unless you are truly born again by the Spirit of God. That's what it says. You can come to church, you can hear messages, you can attempt to read the Bible, but if you truly haven't given your heart to God, God says you're not going to see it. You're not going to sense it. You're not going to get that glimpse in the spiritual realm. So, Jesus answered and said unto them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus, a priest who's been in the ministry a long time, says, How can a man be born again when he is old? No understanding at all. He just has religion. Doctrine. Theology, that's what he has. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You cannot. Now, verse 8, John 3, 8 says this. And we've had a lot of storms and a lot of wind lately, right? He says, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. In other words, the Bible's telling you, you believe in the wind, it'll blow your house over if it gets strong enough. You can hear it coming. People say, it sounds like a locomotive. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it started from. You don't know where it's going, how to stop, how to get stronger, yet you believe in it. And God is saying same thing about the Spirit. So all that you think you know, open the window, hang on to the baby, and throw the bathwater out. Don't throw the baby out. So when you come to Christ, you are born of the Spirit. Slowly going through this, so you should see it. Being taught by the Word of God, not my ideas. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, because of what I've said, Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. You have peace. 
When you come to Christ, give your heart to God, you have salvation and you get peace and you're guaranteed eternity. Yes. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So because of what Jesus did, the righteousness of God has now been given to all who believe. The guilty sentence has been changed to a sentence of justified. Remember how we like to say that word? Just if I'd never sinned when you come to Christ. Washes all that away. Isn't that awesome? And it's by the Spirit of God. So, John 15 says that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Christianity 101, really. So, if you believe, you are saved. And the Spirit of God is in you then. Amen? We read that. You see it, right? It's in your word, on your lap, on the screens. All right, then. So I got a question for you, then. Paul's on one of his journeys, and it says in here, before we turn there, it says, uh, in finding certain disciples. What's that mean? What's a disciple? A student, a pupil, a follower, not a heathen, not a drunkard, a disciple. So he's finding these certain disciples. And remember, we attribute uh, 14 books of the New Testament written by Paul. So wouldn't you say he knows a little bit? A little bit more than you and I? I have no problem admitting that. He does. So Paul comes up with this question. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? What? Yeah, I believe. The, the, the Spirit, I believe, the wind, the Spirit, everything I just said to you. But Paul comes along with this question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, if you are born again, according to the Word of God, the Spirit of God is in you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yet if you were these certain disciples walking on this road, wherever Paul, he would come up to you and say, um, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now, many of them said this, maybe you'll say this. Many of them says, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit they're believers. The Spirit of God is in them. Yet they're saying, what? To Paul. What are you? And Paul's saying, did you? So Paul goes on in verse 3 and says this to them. Into what then were you baptized? Oh, they said, uh, uh, well, <clears throat> into John's baptism. Which is right. It's true. Paul said, yeah, John indeed baptized you with the baptism of repentance, right? Saying there's one coming after me who's greater than I. I can't even tie his shoes. Talking about Christ. And he baptized them with the forgiveness of sins, washed their sins away. Eternal life, the Spirit of God came in them. Right? So what's Paul talking about?
So they've got the baptism of the forgiveness of sins, eternal life. You now have peace with God. Could Paul possibly be talking about a second experience with God? Another baptism, could he? Now, let's look at the final words of the Lord right before he ascended, okay? He's already died, gone through all that terrible torture, uh, rose from the dead. Did his walking around for those days, showing himself to everybody? And I've prayed this off and on through years. I have no idea if it'll happen. But I've always told the Lord, Lord, because I imagine this death, lying in a bed or something, hopefully at home, and my family coming to see me, my children. And now I say, Lord, if that happens, give me unbelievable words to say to them before I go. I don't want to talk about how the pirates did. I want to talk about, is it raining? Give me something to impart in them before I leave them, never to work, walk this earth with them again. Wouldn't that be awesome? Jason, Joseph, Jennifer, Jonathan, our children. Okay, well, this is the scene. Jesus knows that he's about to be ascended, okay? And he's going to come and give these unbelievable, vital words to his church before he's taken to go and sit at the right hand of the Father, always interceding for you and I to where he is now what the word of God says and so he's saying gather my children gather and they're probably all there so he's, he's going to speak he's going to speak once more he's about to go he's about to ascend so Acts 1 4 says in being assembled together with them commanded them or ordered them you understand I mean there is a difference right you understand it, right? Would you guys just please be nice and stay here? Is that an order or a command? Sit down! I mean, how were you in the military? Order. It's a command. Jesus is saying to them, your Lord, your Savior, Savior who you surrender to and call Lord, is saying to you before he goes, you are all assembled together. He's ordering you that you should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. I order you, wait. Did you? Did you wait? Or could you be, I, I, never even, I don't know what you're talking about. I never even heard of it. You're seeing it, right? I'm not making anything up. I'm not influencing any way at all. He said, wait. So the question is, did you? Did you wait? You might be saying, what promise? What are you talking about? Luke 24, 29, after Jesus, remember, rose from the dead, he said this, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Did you wait? 
Have you been talked out of it? Scared out of it? Preached out of you? He says right here, I'm telling you, I'm about ready to go. I want to say last words to my wife. This is what this is the scene. He's about to go. Already died, rose from the dead. No, he's going up and he's saying, I've got to tell him one more thing before I go. And he's been gone all those years. He's in heaven, right hand. Spirit of God's here. And these are the last words he left us. <clears throat> Endued means clothed, clothed with power. Okay? I told you for years that word power means what? Dunamos, which is the Greek word for where we get dynamite. Things should be exploding in God. But they're not. Power. That word power, you can do this yourself, but I'm just saving you the time, and if you're skeptical, you can go there. Power, defined like this, it means power for performing miracles. God says, you're going to have this because you don't know how awful it's going to get down here, how horrible it's going to be, how people are going to turn. The Antichrist spirit's going to run strong through this country. You're going to need power. Power for miracles. It means moral power. There's no reason for you to fall. There isn't. God says the Spirit of God's going to come upon you, and you're going to have moral power to be like Joseph and say, No, leave me alone. Moral power. It also means influential power. You should have the power of God come upon you. You should be so influential at work. I don't mean some of the highest job. I mean just so God should be drawing people to you. Because of the Spirit of God and the anointing of God. You shall have power for that, the Bible says. Oh, yes. That's what it says. And there's more, but here's one more. It also means that you shall have the power resting upon you of armies. You walk in, you think you're all alone. You should be going, oh, boy. Oh, no, no. There's thousands. That's what Jesus promised before he was taken up. It's a promise. Have you ever seen or heard of Jesus breaking a promise? Anywhere, ever. Then what's up? Acts 1.5. It says this, and John truly, this is right before he's gone now, remember, and John truly baptized with water. We just talked about that. Forgiveness of sin, the peace with God, eternal life. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Wait, 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 Pastor. You tell me there's another one? Uh, look, look. Everyone look at me real good. Those of you in tape land. Yes! I am. Yes, I am. Okay. And then Jesus goes on, or through Paul, through Acts 1.8, <coughs> Luke, rather. <coughs> it says this. Here comes your second baptism. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Yes, 
He's in you. Yes, the Spirit of God, when you gave your heart to Christ, you got the peace. The Spirit of God's involved like the wind. And Jesus said, hang on, there's more. There's more coming. You're going to need this to continue so you don't fall morally, so you can be able to discern spirits, and you'll have power to chase the devil. Stay here. Wait. He doesn't say pastors shall receive power. Men only shall receive power. Listen to this remedy. He doesn't say adults. You, you have as much power in God as you want. Please don't be waiting for the adults to get it. You shall receive power. You shall receive dynamite, dunamos, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And here's another power for you shall be witnesses unto me. You should be a witnessing machine when the power of the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Who witnesses like Then what? Then the ascension takes place. They're like this. There he goes. Now, I can't say this happened, but I can see it. The Lord's going up, and you and I are standing there going, huh, what's going on there? And the Lord's going, wait, wait. As he disappears out of sight. Paul said, John and Devet. Steve baptizes you with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people, absolutely, you should believe on him and come after me. That's it. Baptism of forgiveness of sin, peace with God, becoming born again. Yes, yes, yes. Eternal life. Yes, yes, yes. But the second baptism is of power. And we failed in America with that church, with that idea. We have failed badly. Second baptism is the baptism of power. Power to live a holy life. Power that's evident in your life that people would say there's something different about that guy. If you have no idea about church, none whatsoever, usually people who run drive-through windows or cash registers have tons of people go through them and buy them. Most time they always say, people are horrible. They're terrible. They're rude. They scream at you. Power. That's what you should have. Power to live a holy life. Power to come against the enemy. Power to witness. You shall be witnesses. The second baptism brings the power. Before Jesus died and rose again and gave the story that I just taught you or told you, in John 20, 21, 22, the Lord's walking, and he's gathering his people, about to send them out two by two. Then what's he do? So Jesus said to them, peace to you as the Father has sent me, I send you. And then he goes on and says, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. There is coming a day you're going to be baptized in it and you're going to go out there right now but I have yet to be glorified so I'm going to just breathe it on you because you need it for your work. 
truth. If an intruder comes in my house, I hope I have my little 22 somewhere. Okay. And he comes, the intruder. Yeah, but what if you had one of them shotguns? This is us in America, and the enemy is doing his thing. <coughs> so he breathed on them, the Spirit of God. He said, boys, where I'm sending you, you're going to need some power. You're going to need the Spirit of God. And here's what I, I'll just prove it by the Scripture, John seven thirty nine. It says, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. That's you and I. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So this won't be different after I get glorified, but for now, receive the Spirit of God. Do your work for me. Ephesians 5, or... <clears throat> Before I get there, the idea of being baptized is to be immersed or covered over. We do it here. Move those things. We baptize you. And you go and up they come. Right? That's what God's saying. The second baptism of this power is you will be immersed, covered with the Spirit of God. Drenched. Soaked. You ever see them come up out of that water? They're just water. That's how we should be. In the Spirit of God. I think Addison is half fish. She'll swim for hours, hours and hours. And she'll go to her aunt Jennifer's pool, swim in there for hours, get up, walk by, have a drive through mac and cheese, and jump in Shauna's pool <laughs> for hours. And then she'll come and go, bam! She's got bathing suit wet. That's how we should be in the Spirit of God. If anybody comes around you, it's impossible to hug her and not get wet. This is what God's talking about. The church needs to be immersed, not once, continually. Ephesians 5.15 says this. See then, you walk circumspectly. Okay, there's some orders for us. See then that you walk. This walk is your everyday life. Wherever you go, teacher, tech man, your walk, everyday life, housewife. So God says, see that you walk circumspectly, which means accurately, full of wisdom, godliness. This is what he's telling his church. See that you walk every day circumspectly, accurately, not as fools, but as wise. Jeez, there's so many fools running around in the name of the Lord. Verse 16 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Are the days evil? Now listen to me. It says, wherefore, be not unwise. I don't know how many times I've been asked what the will of the Lord is. I'm going to give it to you. Simple. It says here, wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And he says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't. Don't be. 
wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Now you know the will of God. Don't be drunk with the world and the wine and the stuff of the world, but be filled with the Spirit of God. Walk accurately, wisely. Look, probably no shock, but most of you before Christ probably drank or maybe even gotten drunk. Getting drunk changes you. It does. You think different. You act different. The influence of alcohol changes you. You talk different. Some of you get mean. Some of you get stupid. It changes you. It influences you. And the Lord says, don't do that. But he says, be filled with the Spirit of God. Do you understand what the will of the Lord is? Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't act like that, be like that, but be filled. Then you will be changed. You will be changed. You'll talk different. Glory, hallelujah. You'll act different. You'll be different. You'll live different. You'll dress different. That's being filled with the Spirit of God. Do it accurately, the Lord says. That's part of the second baptism of power, that you have power to do that because the flesh loves all that filth. The second baptism is a power. You shall receive power, power over evil, power to minister to others. Power to die daily for Christ. Power to live holy. An unblemished testimony. To be endued with power from on high. To be clothed with the power of God, the Holy Ghost. It's just a promise. Addison again. Come over the other day, she swam and swam till about 9 o'clock, 8.30. It was late. It was dark. And I just put the lawnmower away. I'm tired. Hey, can't help it. Tired nowadays. Put it away. Shut the door. Finally took my shoes off. Turning around. Pappy. Pappy. Running across Aunt G's house to my house saying, you promised you'd take me for a ride in the tractor. I said, yes, I did. <laughs> Back on. And Iran was me being evil. Bible says, my God, it's a promise from God. It's a promise. You've been buffaloed, deceived, blindsided, put blinders on. I don't know what's happened. Cataracts, something's happened to us. John says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. How about, how about the Lord finally? The Lord finally. You're seeing the Lord finally. And he comes to you and says, Carol, Tim, Bruce. It's the best thing for you that I leave. You're like, you can't, you can't. I'm finally seeing you. 
what he's saying to the church. It's the best thing for you. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. No wonder our young people usually get bored with church. No power, no excitement, no life, no drive, no baboon. Just I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter is not coming. That's their game plan, not mine. That's what they're saying. The comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I'll send him to you. And that's what's happened. Whether you believe it or not, like it or not, want it or not, I, I don't know. But that's what's happened. You're saying, well, the comforter, come. What's the comforter? The Bible answers that. John 14, 26 says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. In other words, the comforter is helper. You ever need help? From the time that I felt the Lord put this on me, I've been saying, Lord, help me. You've got to help me. Holy Ghost, help me. This is the truth. You might think I'm crazy, but that's all right. I had, uh, what I have, potato chips or something beside me, sitting on my couch, and I moved them over, and I said, Holy Spirit, help us. Because it also means one stands by your side. I said, can you just sit right by me and help me get through this? Help me see this. Help me be able to present it. You're my helper, my comforter. And Jesus said, I, I know Tim, Carol, Ruth, you want me to hang around. I'm telling you, the best thing for you, I'm going to send you a helper just for you. And the Lord is saying, hey, this is expedient. I'll read it in New King James. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I understand this is hard for just these little pea brains to understand. It's to my advantage that the Messiah leaves me. But what kind of walk is this? Okay, Lord, yes, I believe you. I'll send you the comforter. I'll send you the helper. So after Christ's ascension to the Father, and we're all going like this, maybe he's screaming, wait. The Holy Spirit takes the place of Christ and his apostles. Jesus goes up, the Spirit of God comes down. He comes down to lead them into a deeper knowledge of the gospel, a deeper knowledge of Christ, the truth and the word of God, to give them divine strength that they're going to need for the persecution that they undergo, which is what you're going to need. We've already been declared non-essential. So the persecution that you and I might go through or have to go through for the behalf of his kingdom, Christ's kingdom, you're going to need this power. Church is almost without power. We really are. We're almost without power because we have forgotten or misunderstand God, the Holy Ghost, who is all that to us.
2 Corinthians 13, 4 says this. How about this one? This was an eye-opener for me years ago. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, I like that, and the love of God, I'll take that, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Ruth and I have been together for 50 plus years. She'll know things about me that you don't even have to ask. If we have dinner and she's making baked beans, you know, you want any? She can say, these are really good. I did something special. She won't even ask. If we have communed, been intimate, close, for 50 years, we know each other. Voice, tendencies, that's what's supposed to be happening with you and the Holy Ghost. You should be having this closeness, this intimacy with the Spirit of Almighty God that you and him should be. Mm. The Spirit of God is not going to like that. No way. Even if the flesh is going, mm, yummy, yummy, you no, no, no. So that word communion, it does. It means this. It means fellowship. It means intimacy. It means intimacy even in the marriage term. When you become intimate with your husband or your wife, you go in your room, you close the door. It's just you. That's the re- with your wife. That's what the communion with the Holy Ghost, there should be a special place somewhere to just sit and listen and commune. Get to know each other. I I, I didn't know that. I, I was unaware that was displeasing. That's what it means. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says this. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So listen to me, really. When you go <coughs> to this preaching or doctrine or study, when you go, ah, I don't think so, that's not for me because if you've been influenced or persuaded or whatever, wonder what you're robbing yourself. Seriously, same with me. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. The manifestation simply means to make visible or known what has been hidden or unknown. Spirit of God will do that. It means to manifest, whether by words or deeds or in any other way. The Spirit of God says, New Hope, watch this. Look at this. But you and I are going, not here. Verse 8 says, this is what we're um, pressing the buzzer on. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. A special word of wisdom from the Spirit of God. Pretty awesome. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, the Bible says. So when you go, maybe you're the one that God wanted you to have this unbelievable word of knowledge. 
or this word of wisdom for this unbelievable situation or circumstance and just forget TV stuff. I'm talking about Bible stuff. Verse 9 says this, to another faith by the same spirit. I don't know. I can't see. I don't understand. But something inside of me tells me you're going to be all right. Something special comes upon. Special. Gift. To another, the gifts of healing. By the same spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. It looks right. Something's not right. By the same spirit. By the moving of the spirit of God. Because you've been baptized in that power. God opens up this realm for you to go up higher in the things of God. But most of us, I like it right down here. I know where I'm going. I know what this is all about. We'll sing a few songs. We'll preach a song. We'll have an altar call. We might have a baptism later and baptize some kids later. And that's about it. And we're like, God is saying, come on. Verse 10, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and self-same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. God says, this, this should be opened up to you. You should be baptized in this. This will be evident. This will be a possibility. This is for everybody. To profit with all. You might not even know the person. Something happens. Something moves. The Spirit of God moves. And over there, that person's going, oh, thank you, God. It's just what I needed. I had to have that today. Not if you go, eh. In Corinthians 12, 1, Paul says this. You know, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I, I will not have you be ignorant. And I do. You might. I, could we be ignorant? I sit on a couch and think, Lord, I've been doing this a long time. I do not feel very smart in the. Kind of ignorant. Holy Ghost, would you help me understand how awesome, how powerful you are? Could we be? We might be. But it says these gifts are given to each one for the profit of all. The purpose of the manifestation of the Spirit is to benefit the whole church, not just a few, not some TV guy. All of us here who need something, need a move, need a touch, need inspiration, need some wisdom, need a shot from God. Because life is tough and work can be awful. And
1 Corinthians 14, 2 simply says, For the speaking in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. If I start speaking in tongues right now, and I do when I pray, Ruth doesn't know what I'm saying. You don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying. It's something supernatural. It is. People might try to fake it and have fake it. I understand all that. There's fake everything. Fake news. Fake presidents. Fake preachers. I understand all that stuff. But they're still real. And he simply says, For those who speak in an untongue tongue, speak not unto men, but unto God. Isn't that awesome? It's a direct connection to God. Have you ever been in situations or traumas or unbelievable things in life you can't even, I don't even know what to, I don't even know what to say. God says, no problem. You can be baptized in power and I'm going to give you a direct communication line to me. That's what it says. You're reading it. You're looking at it. Unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. First Corinthians 14, 14 says this, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Isn't that true? Spirit of God praying through me. That's what it says, but my understanding is unfruitful. That's true. I don't know what I'm saying. You don't know what I'm saying. But God knows what I'm saying. So he tells us right here, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Then he goes, what's the conclusion then? Listen to this one. I will pray with the spirit. And I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. What? It's what it says. I will sing with the Spirit. He's talking about tongues. I will sing in tongues and I will sing with the understanding. All right, let me leave you with this. Jason's making me work on my birthday. So, so I'm going to take as long as, and it's my birthday, so you can't boo me or be mean. And we're not having church tonight, so you're hook, line, and sinker. But I'm almost done. I am. Listen carefully now. Listen to this. The warning. Ephesians 4.30 says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. Do you have any clue what that means? Some think the Holy Spirit's a sissy. No. <laughs> That's not what that is. He's the power of God. But it's what it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Amen. I believe that. Grieve means to cause grief, sadness. Don't cause grief to the Holy Spirit. Don't break his heart. Don't make him sad. Now listen, 
James in 4.4, he's talking to Christian Jews. Okay? And he starts off with, you adulterers and adulteresses. He's talking to Christian Jews, Christian people, godly people, lovers of Christ. Okay? And he starts off with, you adulterers. They would never commit adultery. You, you know what the penalty was for adultery back then? Death. There ain't no way that they would do that. So what on heck is James? You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You guys know what adulterers and adulteresses are. You know what that is. You know what that means. They weren't committing physical adultery. But they were committing adultery. Spiritual adultery. On the Holy Ghost. They were. He says the friendship of the world is enmity with God. And if you're a friend of the world, you're sneaking out with the world. God says, you're my enemy. Listen, I've talked to so many folks who have suffered divorce. My God. 40 plus years of ministry, probably 98.8% has been marriage counseling. Just has been. And usually... Very rarely, probably 00.1% both come. So I know about that. Talked with many. And I hear their hearts break while they talk to me. Tears streaming down their face. The grief, the ache in them. Why? I don't understand. I gave him or her everything. We had children together. We dreamed together. How could he or she do this to me? How could he be unfaithful to me? I sit there and listen to them and hear their heart. That's what James is talking about. To the Jewish believers to the Christians, to the Spirit of God. You've done the same thing. Those of you who've gone through it, remember those feelings? That heart-sick, breaking feeling. I can't, I'll never get over it. Well, that's grieving the Holy Ghost. We have done the same thing to the Spirit of God. We have. The same grief that wounds the spouse is what the word grieve means. The Holy Spirit says, I've given you everything. I have filled you with myself. I have come to live inside of you. I've held nothing back. 
I've given you wisdom when you needed it, strength when you needed it. I've calmed every fear that you had. How could you do this to me? How could you grievously break my heart? I love you. That's what it's talking about. So then what happens? The church gets weak and weary. And that's what's happened to America, the church. Us, me, you. Yeah, I'm pointing the finger at you, but I considered a leader, so probably four fingers would be pointing at me. Listen now. Weakness arouses evil. Oh. Oh. I don't hear them calling on God anymore. I don't hear them needing anymore. Weakness arouses evil. When the church is weak, the enemy comes and starts pushing around and bullying the country that we live in. That's what's happening. Because the enemy knows, knows, church ain't going to do nothing about it. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's say this about them. Let's call them a bunch of non-essentials. What are you going to do about it? What party you are, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't want to know, I don't care. You have a strong president, a lot of stuff doesn't go on. You got a weak one, evil gets aroused. Okay. So what do we do? Oh, nice service. Happy birthday. See you next Sunday. When the disciples would go out and minister and they'd come back sometimes beat up, thumped on, thrown in jail, got out of jail, just got out of jail, what'd they do? They gathered together. Listen, that the place was shaken. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost again. Again, over and over continually, because they need the power again to go back out. Over and over, and the place was shaken because they knew who they had to have. And when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. 
sick of told you this story. When the Twin Towers fell, I got invited to this religious ceremony. I was the only one without a robe. That's what I mean by just religious garb. I thought, I'm going. And as it proceeded, I was last. And I'm going, Lord God, Lord, please, 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 please. My job, my only job was to just quote the Lord's Prayer. For being respectful, I didn't grab the pulpit and go for it. I just felt the Spirit of God tell me, read it like you believe it. And I went, Our Father. That's all. And I, and I read it. And afterwards, you, you think I was someone on the red carpet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. They were beside themselves, and I'm going, all I did was read the Word of God like I believed it. That's what the Spirit of God does. That's what God the Holy Ghost does. That's the anointing of God. Where's the anointing of God? When you sing, you go off in the tongue because the anointing of God. We have misunderstood and ignored the Holy Ghost too long. Acts 2.4, listen again, it says, They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Go for that. Hunger for it. Tell the Lord, I'm definitely afraid. I've been taught against it. I don't think there's anything right about it. But if it's you, I want it. I'm talking about a promise from God. truth. Everybody's house got beat up because of the storm. So contractors are crawling all over the place like ants. All over the place. I told Ruth, all I want is Rob. And didn't even know if I could get him. Okay, or, or him be free or want to. But it was like, I don't care how long I have to wait. That's all I want. I don't care. I don't care. I got to get this. I got to have this. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began. It's one of the evidences to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All these people were already born again, already went through the baptism of forgiveness of sin. There's a group out there tell you it stopped back then. Please. It's worse now than it was back then. Acts 10.38. How about this one? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. That's how he did his work. He came back as man. But he came back in partnership with the Spirit of God. Up out of the water he came, the Spirit of God came down upon him. And the Lord went, 
ready to do my work. Because the Spirit of God was on him. He went into the wilderness 40 days, full of the Spirit of God, and what? Came out the same way. Not like us. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. God. God the Holy Ghost. God. Not it, birds, uh, feeling, mist. God. Who was it that dropped dead? Ananias and Sapphira. Why did they drop dead? Because you lied to God. You lied to God the Holy Ghost. Look it up. God. You lied to God. Okay, every city tries to have their red, white, and boom. The church needs to have their boom. We need to have the power of the Spirit of God. We do. Before we go, I'm going to give you opportunity. I am. It'd be silly to just walk out the door now. I don't know where you are with this. I gathered the band before they left. We love our band. I love them. I love them. But they all got different backgrounds. Some are going, what? Some are going, I never heard of them. What? I said, please, with all your heart, pay attention today. Open to what I'm about to say so that this level of worship, oh, man, we go through the roof worshiping God. I'm not just talking about loudness. and just talking about the anointing of God comes upon a group of people and elevates them into a realm. If you're hungry for that, in fact, I could use my band. And as the band comes, listen to this band. If you're aching for this, you play a little bit, and then you get back down, you go down the altar. Or you ask God to touch you right where you're standing and, pr- and praying. Tell God, <laughs> however you want, in your own heart. Well, I, I don't know about all this. I was taught against it. First time I've heard it. Lord, I used to all the time, and I've just kind of ignored it myself. Just be honest with God. Remember, he's the comforter, and the other name is what? Helper. Just come down to this altar and say, Lord, help. Help. I've got so much in my mind I can't help. That's our altar call. Please come. I hope you do come. Come at least and kneel before God and ponder what was said about the Spirit of God. This church needs to go up another level in the things of God, every aspect of it.